can know, God, what you're saying to us according to your word. Not according to us, God, but according to you. And God, I bind confusion and I lose peace in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father God, for just opening our eyes and allowing us to see the marvelous things out of your word, out of your law. And I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to move a little bit further. We're going to add to what we've been teaching on dealing with animosity. I don't know about y'all, but through these teaching, animosity shows up and try to show out. When we look at animosity, it's a strong feeling of dislike or hatred, ill will or resentment. And I went over some scriptures um, going back to Genesis dealing with... um, the woman's seed and the serpent seed, how they were going to be enemies. So we're looking at the world and we're looking at the kingdom of God. And if you're born again, I gave you scriptures on because they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. So this animosity, it um, has hate in it. But tonight I want to go a little bit further dealing um, with resentment on tonight. I want to break that down. Resentment is having ill feelings against someone, usually for something that he has done or has not done. Let me say it again. Resentment is having ill feelings against someone, usually for something that he has done or has not done. Now, I can understand something somebody has done, but having ill will against somebody for something they have not done. Now, that's deep, isn't it? And I believe that comes through when we may hear something that we thought we heard, but it's not what we exactly heard. So we keep that within and we ponder over and we make something out of something which was nothing instead of going to that person and clearing it up. So that's that part in there on or has not done because some people haven't done anything, but We hold ill will against them. And I'm going to go through some scriptures to bring out resentment because I believe the majority of us, all of us, have resentment or have had resentment. And if you have had resentment, it's because you allowed it to be rooted up through the word and you get rid of it. But resentment is going to keep coming. But if you let it sit there, now something else is going to attach itself to that. And I'm going to go over that next week. But the scripture I want to start with is Genesis 4. And I believe all of us are familiar with Genesis 4, verse 3 through 8. This is talking about Cain and Abel. And we know that, um, verse 3, later in due course, at the end of the days, Cain bought some food, produce, fruit from the ground as a gift, a tribute to God. Abel brought the best parts, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord accepted, looked with favor favor on Abel and his gift, his tribute. But he did not accept, looked with favor on Cain and his gift, his tribute. So Cain became very angry and felt rejected or felt dejected. His face, countenance fell. So we know when we go back to Cain and Abel, there was some resentment there. There was some ill will dealing with Cain because when Cain presented what he presented to the Lord, the Lord didn't accept it. 
accepted. He rejected it. So by him being rejected and Abel being accepted, it brought ill will against his own brother. And how did um, God saw it because the countenance on his face changed. So what God was telling Cain, he said, deal with your anger. Deal with this rejection. That's why he says sin lies at the door and wait on you, but you can deal with it. So God was allowing him to deal with it before it turned into something else. Cain did not deal with it. By him not dealing with it, there was the anger, there was the rejection. All of that was brewing on the inside of him, so he killed his brother. And this is what happened to us with resentment. If you don't deal with resentment, it's not only dealing with you, but it's going to deal with somebody else that you're dealing with, that you got ill will with. This is why we have to be able to recognize resentment when we see it. If somebody says something that you didn't like, you begin to resent them. If somebody has something that you want to have, you begin to resent them. There's the scripture, I mean, the um, verse on something he has done or has not done. It can be in something that they have that you want and you can't get it. You begin to resent them. You begin to have ill will against them. And then you begin to talk down about them to somebody else. Oh, they think they better. Oh, they think they know more than I know. Or, or they think that they know the word better than I know the word. So you have an ill will against that person. Another scripture in the Bible is Genesis 16, verse 4 through 6. Now we're dealing with um, Cain and how resentment came with Cain because his gift was not accepted. Think back. Have you ever been in a place when you were growing up, when you were young, when it seemed like a sibling was more accepted than you? Or you felt that they were getting more love than you were getting, so you began to have ill will against that sibling because you say, and mom and daddy love them better than they love me. I'm going to go to some that don't have siblings. <laughs> you may not have siblings, but it might be something in your life that brings ill will towards your parents because of something you want them to do and they don't want to do it. So ill will could go either way. So we have to check ourselves and we have to ask ourselves, even before we move on to this other scripture, Lord, do I have ill will against my sibling? Do I have ill will against my parents? God, am I holding something from the past that they done to me and I haven't dealt with it? So that's why I don't want to spend time with my siblings. And that's why I don't want um, them to come to my house. Or that's why I don't go to their house because of the ill will I've been harboring in my heart for years. So if we don't deal with these things, these things will deal with us. It will turn into jealousy. It will turn into rejection. It will make us feel unloved and unwanted. So we're going to make them look bad so we can look good. We want to be lifted up. But we don't want them to be lifted up, so we're going to talk them down. So we need to check ourselves to see if we have any resentment in that area. Genesis 16, verse 4 through 6 is another scripture dealing with resentment. This is dealing with Abram and Sarah, which is Abraham and Sarah. Y'all know Sarah wanted to have a child. She couldn't have a child, so she told Abraham, I want you to go sleep with my handmaid. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. She conceived. When Hagar learned she was pregnant, conceived, she began to treat, look on her mistress, Sarai, badly with contempt. 
Now look at her maidservant. Her maidservant loved Sarai before all of this occurred. But then when she slept with her husband, she realized, I'm going to give him something you couldn't give him. So she began to mistreat Sarah. So that could happen with ill will. She, she um, was saying, I have something that you don't. So she treating her in a bad way. But then we go back and we look at Sarah. Sarah went to Abraham and she told Abraham what was going on with this lady. But guess what Abraham said? He said, you deal with her. How did Sarah deal with her? She began to treat her badly. See how ill will can do? It goes back and forth. If you treat me wrong, I'm going to treat you wrong because you treated me wrong. These are some of the things that we have to um, ask God. Is, is any of this in my life? So we see ill will here. Do I'm going back. Is someone else, um, do they have something you want that you can't have? That will bring ill will. That will make you be resentful to that person. That will make you begin to hate that person and they didn't do anything. They just got a nice car and you don't. You driving your Humpty. They driving a Bentley. So you mad because they have the Bentley and you got the Humpty. But where's the anointing? Is it on the Bentley or is it on the Humpty? So you have to say, God, I'm thankful for what I do have. I could be walking. But we begin to change on people based on what they have. Seem like when people get a little higher in life, they look down on other people saying, you could be where I am if you do what I've done. And they begin to resent people because they're saying, I have more than you and you don't have it because you ain't doing this or you ain't doing that. So you don't want to have nothing to do with them no more. That's ill will, y'all. So we need to check some of these things out in our lives and make sure we're not harboring anything in our heart dealing with ill will against anyone. So we see that the handmaiden or the maidservant, she slept with the husband. Now look at here. Sarah told Abraham it was okay. Go ahead and sleep with her. He did what she told him to do like he didn't want to, but he did it anyway. He got permission. What woman out of her right mind, please somebody, and make you want to beat a man down right now <laughs> on the behalf of the one who said it, right? That's what Thea said. That's why I don't have no man. You got one in your mind. She told me, not really. I love picking on a Thea. But we see right here what happened. Sarah began to treat her the same way that she was being treated. And that's not the way we're supposed to do it in God's eyes, right? Now I'm going again to Genesis 29:31. Y'all know about Leah. Y'all know about Rachel, right? Y'all know how um, Jacob worked seven years for Rachel. He ended up with Leah. Leah was being rejected. She didn't ask for that. She was being rejected. And verse 31 said... And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So God saw that she was hated. He saw that she was despised. Why? Because Rachel despised her. See, Rachel wanted something that Leah was able to have that she could not have. So she was despised. So we see if, if women, if some, uh, one woman can get pregnant, the other woman can't get pregnant, then there's going to be some ill will against that woman. There's going to be some hate. Y'all, these things shouldn't be, should it? But it happens in the world. So when you go to Genesis 30, verse 1 through 13, it's talking about Rachel 
saw that she was not having children for Jacob, she envied, was jealous of her sister Leah. She said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, can I do what only God can? Am I in the place of God? He's the one who has kept you from having children. And then Rachel began to tell him to go sleep with her slave girl. So look at what was going on here. Leah could have children. She couldn't have children. She had ill will against her own sister because of that. So she had her husband to sleep with her handmaid, her slave girl, to have her children. Guess what happened? Leah saw her having children. She became ill because she was having children. She began to resent um, Rachel. So there was a battle with having children. Who going to have Jacob tonight? I bet Jacob was smiling because he, you know, could have both of them and get what he want. But look at this. They were battling. Because they resented each other because one had and the other one didn't. This is what happens in the real world and it shouldn't be in the house of God. It shouldn't be in the church. When we see our sister or brother getting promoted on the job, we shouldn't have ill will against them. We should give God glory for our brother and sister. When we see somebody in the church and God has put them in a teaching position or he has put them as a pastor or whatever position he has put them in the church, we should be giving God glory for them. But we began to resent people because of where God had them. I remember when I first started out um, in ministry and I didn't know a lot about um, the word, didn't know a lot about the gifts of the spirit. And God didn't have me to attach to a lot of people, but the ones that he did send to me to help me in my walk with the Lord, um, that didn't last long. But as he sent them to me, I remember one day God told me, he said, you're going to be helping them. They're not going to be, you're going to help them. They're not going to be helping you. And I'm like, come on, God. I said, they know more than I know. And God was telling me, I'm going to elevate you quickly above. And when God told me that, being that I didn't know the word, being that I didn't know about the gifts of the spirit, you know, I was just waiting and watching and seeing what God was going to do. And the more God elevated me, the more people began to despise me. The more people had ill will, resentment against me, begin to talk about me. And I'm like, you don't even know me like that. You know, I'm not even all in your business. I'm not doing what you do or going where you go. I'm just a homebody. But when people see you getting elevated, when they see God using you, they want to tear you down. I remember when um, I went to this church and when I went to this church, I'll never forget this. This lady had asked me, I had, I was famous for my banana pudding and my husband witnessed this. And the lady said, could you um, tell me how to make that banana pudding? I said, sure. So I told her everything to put in the banana pudding. And we had went to this dinner for the pastor and I was sitting there and the lady told her, she said, oh, you made such good banana pudding. She said, yes, my husband showed me how to do it. Oh my God. I said, you are a liar. You did that right in front of my face. I had so much ill will. See, I didn't know about ill will back then like I know now. I had so much ill will against this woman. Every time I saw her, I would frown. I would smile at her on the outside, but on the inside, I was calling her a liar. I was calling her a cheat. 
I was calling her a deceiver and I was harboring that stuff in my heart. So every time I saw her, it was not like it was before. And see, if we don't be watchful, if we don't get rid of these things, it will stop us up. It will stop us from flowing the way that we need to flow for the Lord. And that's why we have to be so careful in ministry that we don't get jealous over somebody else because God is moving them in another direction and he's moving you in another direction. We should make sure that there's no ill will in our heart against anybody. So in ministry, we have some bumps in the road. We have some things that we need to work on, y'all. And when God show us those things, we need to get to work on them. We don't need to harbor them in our heart because I'm going to tell you what else they lead to. See, the enemy, he's a trickster. He uses whatever um, we allow him to use. When when we open that door to him, he said, come on in, boys. I want all of you in at one time. So we have to make sure that doors are closed. Every day we need to say, God, am I harboring anything in my heart? Against my husband, against my wife. Y'all, we can have resentment against husband or against wife. Men, you can have resentment against your wife. How do you do that? I'm going to say it again. When your wife is bothering you all the time to do something and you're busy. And they're always bothering you right at the time you're busy, right, honey? Right when you're trying to do your thing, they call, can you do, can you do this? It won't take you nothing but a second. I remember my husband always would tell me, I said, can you do so and so? I already got my stuff planned out. I said, man, they ain't going to take you that long just to do that little thing. You always complaining. If you go ahead and do it, you can get up. You don't understand, man. I'm in the middle of this right here. So I know how to get him stirred up. But then he showed me how that felt when I'm in the middle of something and he's asking me something and then I'm getting all stirred up because even though it's taking a minute, it's still a minute. So if we don't be careful, we can hold ill will and resentment in our heart. And then when they asked us something, not dealing with doing anything, what? Y'all know what I mean? We come off with a different approach. What? Well, I just want to ask you, can you pass me this? Oh, sure. But it's in your heart. That stuff is coming out of you, y'all, because we build it up. We build up animosity. We build up resentment because we're not honest with one another. Right, Athea? We do this. Just like I can pick on Athea. But see, I can pick on her to a certain extent. I got to know where she is tonight. And she looked like she's in a fairly good mood. But if I looked at her and I'm seeing her talking all in her head, I ain't got time for this bucket business. All this stuff should have been done before I got here. They done took my parking space. I'm just going to pump the brakes because I know I can't pick on a theater tonight. See, that's called discerning of spirits. See, you got to know the difference. You got to know where a person is. And when you look at that person, you say, okay, not tonight. All right, Athea, I got you. So you got to know the difference. But I know someone who I worked with for a long time in ministry, that if they were mad, you couldn't really tell it. You couldn't. It was the maintenance man here. No matter what you said or what you did, he kept right on talking. It's like you couldn't break him. I mean, you said something that was just like, now he should have got offended. It didn't bother him. He walked with you till you got to the stop sign and you in the car. He's still talking. It went over his head like, you're not going to break me. 
but he broke us, right? He broke us. Come on, somebody. He broke us. He, he broke this man here right up to this altar. We will have conversations before he, you know, joined in with us. We would have conversations. So when he would come off his job, I knew how to handle him. But he wasn't used to him. My handling him was I let him follow me to my office and I shut the door in his face. And he knew I was through. Now, my husband's way of handling him was the eye, the way he looked at him. So when he got used to my husband, when my husband would walk in here, he would go one way and I would go the other. Because we already knew what would happen. Did my husband build up resentment? I'll let him answer that for you. See, sometimes we don't know that we hold it. Sometimes we don't know we have resentment, that ill will, until something happened and we end up bringing it all out. Everything began to flow out. Some people act like they're so holy than thou that they don't have these things happen in their lives. You need to be delivered. Because if you cannot stand to be around a certain person, I don't care who it is. And it stirs you up on the inside and you boiling on the inside and it's showing on your face just like it was showing on King's face. Sometimes we can't see our own face. I remember on my job because of the way that they did me. I did not know how I was looking, y'all. But one day the Lord showed me my face like I was looking in a physical mirror. I said, oh my God. God said, that's how you look. He said, that's how you look. They already know what you're thinking or how you feel by the expression on your face. When you get so used to having that expression, it becomes normal. It don't bother you. So you're thinking, this is how I'm supposed to look. Sometimes my husband would say, you know how sometimes somebody asks you something and you may, your face may do certain things. It may not be that you're trying to look ugly, but you're looking ugly. Have you ever been like that? Am I the only one that look ugly sometimes, not trying to look ugly, but something somebody say, like Gloria's looking now? Uh-huh, she learned. So see, your face, your facial expressions, just like Cain, it show different expressions on how you feel. You don't have to say nothing. Your face can say it all. So sometimes my face would talk to him, and he said, never mind. I said, okay. It's as simple as that. Do your face talk to you sometimes? Manny, do your face talk sometimes? Come on, Kwana, do your face talk sometimes? You don't have to cuss nobody out. Just look at them. You don't cuss them out. They know what word you're going to use by your facial expression. And then when you get round somebody, the Lord has reminded me of this. Y'all remember um, Paul and Peter? Like Paul, he came and he uh, um, attacked Peter in the spirit, you know, spiritually, because how Peter was acting, because different people had come into place. Now, around Paul, he was acting like he loved eating with the Gentiles and around the Gentiles. When how folks come in the building, Paul saw his reaction. He saw how he was doing. So Paul said, oh, you're going to change now. I'm going to bust the move on you. Do we have a right to do that? Yes, we do. Because, okay, you making them Gentiles feel another way now. And that's not what the word of God says. All of us in this building are guilty of that. Thank God that in him there is that now therefore no condemnation of guilt. 
Because all of us will be put to sleep. Because all of us have done it with our children, with our boss. We have all done it. And this is why I say God had to break me to make me because even on the job, I was saying, oh, how I love Jesus. But the way I was carrying myself, I didn't want you to bother me. Don't bother me. It's not today. But then I'll say God is good. But my face was saying something different. And that's not the way we should be in the kingdom of God. And when a person is walking in discerning of spirits, they know what spirit you are of. Even though you smile and they already know what's behind that smile, y'all. This is why we have to stay in the word of God and study to show ourselves approved. Because you already know, you can feel animosity off people. You can feel the resent, you can feel the hate, the anger. You can, do you know some people actually turn another color? No, seriously. Their complexion change. When they get their whole complexion change, y'all, it's not, you be like, is it the light? Darkness come over that person. And they look totally different. Especially when my husband say he ain't sleeping, he's sleep. His whole facial expression change. That lip go out a little bit and I know he's sleep. See, I can pick on him. It, it's a total different image. So what I'm telling y'all is animosity, resentment is nothing to play with because it leads to other things. And the enemy want to keep it hidden until the right time. He's saving that ammunition until the right time because he knows whom he want to attack with what he's doing with that ill will and that resentment. So we see Leah and Rachel, how they were um, having competition with having kids because they were resenting each other for this one having more than this one had. Then we go on and look at 1 Samuel 18, verses 5 through 9. Y'all know about this one. This is Saul, and this is David. And we see that Saul, he sent David to fight different battles, and David will win those battles with the help of the Lord. So when David was coming back, y'all, they were singing. And they were saying that Saul, um, you know, he slain, uh, what was it, a thousand, but David slain 10,000. Oh, my, my goodness. Saul was so angry because they were giving praise to David more than they were giving praise to him. So what did he do? When he became very angry, the Bible said, so Saul watched David closely from then on because he was jealous. This is what resentment does. When you see somebody getting praise more than you, you're going to keep your eye on that person. You're going to say, I got you, Jennifer. I got you. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. And the more you watch that person, the more you resent that person, the more you become ill towards that person because you're jealous over that person. Because people are um, praising that person more than they're praising you. And you're not going to have it. Not in the church. No, I'm going to bring them down. Look what he did. He harbored all of that stuff in his heart. And what was the next thing? I will kill you. And David couldn't even be in a room with him without him trying to kill him, literally. How many of us are in a room with a person that we resent so bad that little things come out of our mouth and we say it graciously, but we really want to go in for the kill? 
How many? I have been in a place when you're really hurt by somebody. Every opportunity that you get, you want people to know they hurt you. And you're going to bring up stuff with conversations that's going to come in for the kill. Who haven't done it? You're going you're gonna to really bring them to their knees because you're going to let them know. People going to know what you've done. But you're doing it graciously. Like you're not doing it. Come on. This is resent, being resentful. This is hate. These are things that some people have on the inside of them. Or how can you sit in the house of the Lord? And I'm going there too. Some of us can sit in here right now and know what we're holding and refuse to go to that person still. That comes into stubbornness and rebellion and it's like a sin of what? Witchcraft. And the enemy knows this so he wants you to think you're okay but they're not okay. Some of us think that we don't do nothing wrong. I did what I did because they did it. That should not excuse you. For what you done. And that's what we do. Because they did it. That's why I did it. So it's not my fault. Yes it is. So we need to be so careful. And we need to guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. And y'all this stuff is so real. Because when I remember when I was so hurt on that job. I had an opportune time. To let some of it out because the personnel lady had said something. I said, oh, I'm going to get you now because I know you're one of my enemies. I'm going to set you ablaze. So this person was leaving the hospital. And I said, oh, this is my time to congratulate them for getting out of here. So I said, girl, I know you glad you're leaving here. See, that was a drum roll right there. That devil turned on me and said, well, why are you still here? Ooh she just crushed me see I tried to do that to her because she was there but guess what it turned the table and when it turned the table it made me even more matter and God had to deal with me he had to deal with me God put me y'all in a pit (laughs) with fiery serpents to bring out of me what need to come out of me So I can go forth as pure gold. Some of you don't want to be put in a fiery pit with serpents. And it could be in your house. With your husband. With your wife. But God said, I'm breaking you to make you. I'm going to teach you how to keep your mouth shut so your husband can be won over by the word and not you. Y'all, that's deep. So if you're single, stay single. Until God get through with you people. Because once you get a husband or a wife. Break it down sister Loretta. That's all she can say. (laughs) That's all she can say. Not that you don't love your mate. I love that man. But if anybody bring anything out of me. It's going to come from right there. You laugh Jennifer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's gonna come from right here. The enemy know because that's the one you closest to, y'all. That's the one you sleep with at night. That's the one that knows when you look bad or when you look good. They know. And if they can say, What you got that on for? What you got on, what you got on for? 
See, you already took offense. I just asked the question. Well, I just gave you an answer. See how offense come in marriages? So if you don't have the Holy Spirit to check you, which I do, I'd be in a mess, y'all. See, some of us try to hide our little stuff because we acting like we so holy. You just got to get it out in a loving way. Talk about it. Communicate about it. Why you say what you said? No, let's talk about that. Now, you said something. You didn't say that for no reason. Tell me why you said that. Nothing. No, it's something now. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean? That's how we work it out, don't we, honey? It's, it's on and popping. Come on with it. Come on with it. I'd be waiting for him to come, too. And the enemy be trying to roll stuff over in my head. You know how you get them drum rolls so you can shoot back at them? Then I have to hold tight and say, help me, Holy Spirit. My voice changed. You single folk better take all this in. This is part of this marriage and single conference, right? Evangelist. No, she told me, mm-hmm. Come on, you're just being real, y'all. Resentment comes in many ways, and we have to know how to deal with it through the word of God. Whatever you hold for years, and this is the next part of resentment. And I want y'all to understand, we don't went from offense, strife, animosity. Um, now we're dealing with resentment, and all of it's in one word. <laughs> See, everything has different parts in it, and you got to deal with all of it, but you got to get the main ingredient too. You got to get the root of everything. So we dealing with we dealt with resentment. We see how resentment can be when somebody has something you want and you can't get it, you begin to resent that person. You have ill will against that person. We see it's in ministry when somebody um, get ordained and you think you should have been the one that got ordained, you begin to resent that person, have ill will against the pastor saying, now that should have been me, but she gave it to them. So you begin to hate that person. You begin to hate the pastor, but you still saying, I want to serve. I want to do what I want to do so the devil can use you. That's why. So see, resentment come in many ways. Now, the next thing that happens, if you don't get rid of resentment, let me tell you what comes next. When you are offended or disappointed by others and allow hurt to germinate in your heart, bitterness comes next. And when bitterness comes, it eats away like a cancer. Some people that have pain in their bodies... It's because of bitterness. There was a woman, true story. There was a minister and God was, he was praying one day and God told him about this lady that was in the church. She was on her deathbed. He told that minister, I want you to fly out to this lady and I want you to tell this lady if she let go of this unforgiveness in her heart, which is bitterness that was in there, then she can live. She don't have to die. He went and told the lady what God said. He didn't even know who she was holding this against. On her deathbed, he told her those words. And she said, I would die first before I forgive my husband. She died. But God sent the word. God has sent his word to heal you. Bitterness is like cancer. It will eat through you. Bitterness is deep harbored hurt that poisons the soul. 
Some people are crippled and can't walk because they are harboring bitterness and having pain in their body and the doctor can't find nothing. It comes through the root of bitterness. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 15. Amplified said, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessings. In order, y'all hear what this says. He said, in order that no no root of resentment, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many becomes contaminated and defiled by it. Look what's in bitterness. The root of resentment, bitterness, or hatred. All that is together. When someone, I'm going back to marriage. If a husband or a wife had an affair. One or the other find out about that affair. Let's say one or the other say, I forgive you for what you've done. They say that. But in their mind, there is played out in their mind. What they done, when they done it, how they done it, and every day they're thinking about it. They begin to resent that husband or that wife. They have ill will against them. When they say something to them, they're throwing off on them. The next thing you know, it's like poison to their soul and they don't care what happened to them. They don't even care if they die. That's when a root take place. Not only in marriage, but it could be with a friendship, with somebody that hurt you. You were very close. You were close friends. Wherever they went, you went. You shopped together. You know, it was just like you were two peas in a pod and then you find out your best friend was talking about you. Talking about you think you better than anybody else. And that's a friend that you always helped when you gave them your last dime. But they're out talking about you. You begin to resent that person. I'm talking safe folk. You begin to resent that person. You begin to hate that person. You become angry. You harbor that bitterness in your heart. Next thing you know, you become sick. And you're wondering, where is this sickness coming from? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am I in pain all the time? Bitterness can cause it. And look at this scripture here. Deuteronomy 29, 18 through 19. Amplified. Listen at this. This is God speaking to the Israelites. Beware lest there should be among you a man or woman or family of tribe whose mind and heart turns away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you, listen at this, poisonous root that bears galls and wormwood. And lest when he hears the word of this curse and oath, he flatters and congratulates himself in his mind and heart saying, I shall have peace and safety. Though I walk in the stubbornness of my mind and heart, bringing down a hurricane of destruction and swept away the water land with the dry. What God is saying is when a person is harboring bitterness in their heart, y'all, it becomes a poison. And that poison, you, you have it so much in you that even when you hear in the word of God, you think you okay. You, you still stubborn. You think you can still serve God and be that way? Not so. 
See, it's time for us to say, Lord, search me to see if there's any wicked way in me. And I'm going to say this. Through these elections, people have harbored bitterness. They have harbored hate. They have harbored, if you mention Trump, I'm Trump. <laughs> Trump. I don't call him Trump. Forgive me. Please, y'all, don't harbor nothing against me because I called him Trump. Forgive me, Trump. It is Trump. I have no ill will against Trump. He's just a man doing what he thought needed to be done. He's a mere man. I don't hold nothing against Biden. He's a mere man. He's only doing what he think need to be done. Neither one of them are God. Y'all have made these men your gods. So if anybody talked about Trump, people hold so much bitterness in their heart, their continents change. If somebody talked about Biden, oh my goodness, wrath will come up in the church. That's ill will. That's bitterness. All of that. But we say we love Jesus, but we shouldn't be feeling this way. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Just because you voted this way and I voted that way, I shouldn't hate you. That was your choice. This is my choice. We are brethren. Like Abraham say, you go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. You choose which way you want to go. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No ill feelings. And this is what the election have done to Christian folks. Hasidity folk. The ones that's the evangelists and all of them. Ill will against one another. Make no sense. We shouldn't be this way. It's called resentment, y'all. It's called animosity. It's turned into hate. People begin to terrorize the White House because of hate. You don't do that. That's not God. I never, do y'all remember what Jesus did when they had ill will against Jesus? They were getting ready to take him to the cross and was it Peter who chopped off the ear? What Jesus do? If if you, what what is it? If you die by the, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword and he put the ear back on. Who ear have you put back on during this election? Not nerve one. Still cutting off ears. Cutting off people. Don't bring up, oh, y'all, it's nasty. It's nasty. That's why we as the people of God are supposed to pray. Not hold ill will. Even dealing with this um, shot, COVID-19 shot. If you tell people you ain't took it, they might shoot you. They done build up ill will against that. Because you have a choice. Don't wear a mask. They're ready to shoot you again. They mad at you. A man beat up a Walmart worker because he told him to put on a mask. Jumped on top of him. Ill will. Did that supposed to be in the church? But guess what? It is. It is. It is in here. Because if it wasn't, God wouldn't allow me to talk about it. See, when you don't understand what God is using me to do or how he's using me, you can have ill will against me and think, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's in the church. 
People bow up when you say something or if you're giving somebody something right because they done something wrong. They got ill will against you because they embarrassed because they didn't check out something like you did. So now you're trying to help them and they be little in you. It's in the church. And it comes to pride. Don't you tell no man he missed a screak in a yard. Women, don't you tell no man. He think that y'all pretty. And you say, wait a minute, come here. It's a little piece. Ain't nothing there. I'm telling you. Back up a little bit. It's right there. You seeing what you want to see in the thing there. I know how to cut y'all. I've been cutting y'all for 20 years. Who you think you is? Okay. Okay. Then the one that supposed to give you the money for the yard say, you did a good job, but there's something right there missing. It's, it's, you left something right there. Oh, how low can you go? Now you got to go back to your wife. <laughs> to your wife. I ain't talking about him. I ain't talking about my husband now. Because my husband asked me to go with him and price the yard. He know I do justice on that yard. Baby, that looked like a hundred dollar yard. No joke. Because it's hard out here. <laughs> like I got to cut it. <laughs> but he'll take me and ask me now. And I guarantee when them people say, I ain't paying you no hundred. My mom wife said that yard is a hundred. No, he don't. He don't do that. But people have ill will, y'all, with things like this. Because when you full of pride, pride ain't going to back down. Pride is going to be resentful. Have animosity, hate, ill will. It's going to have all of that in it. And y'all, when bitterness take place, there's going to be some trouble. When bitterness take place, you turn in your heart away from God. That's what happens. Bitter, when we look at the word bitter, it brings a taste in your mouth. Bitter brings a certain taste in your mouth. Have anybody been so mad you got a certain taste in your mouth? Miss Deborah shaking her head hard. <laughs> Come on, Sister Deborah, isn't the truth? You have a taste. When you get real mad, it's like a ch- uh, choo-choo train with the stuff coming out your head. <laughs> Tasting all coming out. Now, you done, you done like a blowfish now and still trying to smile. Come on, we done been there, we done done that. But listen at Ephesians 4.31, what it says. Let all bitterness... And indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper. Yeah, let me read it again. It's breaking it down. Let all bitterness and indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper. How low can you go? And resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contempt, please, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you. With all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. That's just too much. There it is, all in a nutshell. It's there. So the only thing we can do now, Miracle Temple, is say, show me me. Lord, show me these hidden areas in my life that I have resentment. What What have I been harboring for years? I knew this gentleman who had death in his family. 
And when he had death in his family, when he pulled up, when I looked at his face, you could see the anger. You could see the resentment. You could see everything. And then the way that he answered you, it was stuff that was held and it come out through grief. Have y'all seen that? When somebody die and you're hurting badly, the spirit is going to bring love. But through your hurt, it brings everything that you've been holding against everybody. You say what you want to say and how you want to say it. You think that nobody cared for you. Everything was coming out of this person. And I'm like, Jesus. That's all I could say was Jesus. Because it wasn't like they were saying it was. So this is what I'm saying. In times of tragedy, everything's come out. When you get afraid and you're going through a difficult situation, everything's coming up and coming out. Whatever you've been harboring in your heart or however you've been feeling, it's going to come out. And the enemy knows that. So this is why God is bringing the teaching in the house to let us know we have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, to help us get rid of these things that we're harboring, y'all. And if this teaching, let me give you another one before I close. Ruth 1, 19 through 21. This is dealing with Ruth. Y'all remember um, Naomi and Ruth. Naomi and Ruth, they left the, the country that they were in. But listen how Ruth felt. Remember, I mean Naomi. Remember Ruth followed Naomi, right y'all? She said that she would serve Naomi's God. But let's talk about what was really in Naomi. Ruth 1, 19 through 21. So they both went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred about them and said, Is this Naomi? And she said to them, Call me not Naomi pleasant. Call me Mara, bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. She was harboring bitterness. In her heart. Because she lost her husband. She lost her two sons. She come out empty. But guess what? Even though it looked like you coming out empty. God is going to fill you back up. Once you let go of what you holding on to y'all. This is what God is saying. All of this stuff that we harbor in our heart is blocking the flow, the life of God from flowing to us, to others. That's what the enemy want. If we so much on how we feel, then we can't go out and do what the Lord has called us to do. That's why we have to be in the word on a daily basis. If we get so frustrated because somebody's asking you to do something, have you ever been so frustrated and somebody asks you to do something? You just blow up because you're holding some stuff. You hadn't let go of it. Y'all, it's time. Miracle Temple, is time. We got to quit playing these games. God don't bring nothing in the house. Not unless it's in the house. He don't. We need to quit playing games. The more we let go of these things, the more we can put out, the more we can bear more fruit. God want us to be fruit bearers, not animosity bearers. <laughs> 
He don't want that. That's why he's bringing it in the house. You got people that's dying. You got people that need him as their Lord and Savior. And if you got all these blockages, you cannot flow the way you need to flow for him. Did anyone have something they want to share on what I just taught? Come on down. It must be cleansing for the soul. My wife is talking about the part about how a man takes pride and he cut yards. I never shared this with her, but one day um, my neighbor next door mowed his yard as well. He has a big yard, and um, in the corner of the backyard by the stop sign, we walking the dog one day. She said, honey, you missed a spot. I'm like, that thing hurt me, boy. I'm like, how big is this yard? She said, a little spot in that bitch I missed, you know. I didn't say nothing. But for a while, every time I weeded it, y'all make sure I get that spot. Now to get that spot, thinking about what she said, so she going to catch me again. <laughs> I just want to share that part. <laughs> the Lord just, mm, he brought him out, didn't he? I didn't know nothing about it. Confession is, come on, confession is good for the soul. I forgive you, honey. <laughs> Come on, Jen. I'm going to tell you, it does. It changes after um, last week, the answer I shared. I know the test ain't over, but it's a difference, y'all. It's funny because when you were talking about resentment and what God was, um, I could see the um, prodigal son and the brother. But when I was little, and I know I had to have been like three or four years old, not any older, and we had somebody that lived kind of back behind us, and he had... I don't know. It was a farm, hogs and chickens and all. And I, I like to go back there all the time. My mom be like, don't be back there all the time bothering him. And I come in one afternoon and she said, she got on to me because I'd been back there so long. And I told her, I said, and he had sent some eggs back, right? You know, the brown eggs. And I said, I can't do nothing to please you. I even bring you a dozen golden eggs in the U.S. And they can't make you happy. <laughs> and I said, now how can a little kid like that? That's funny. God's funny. Now, are you holding it too? Evidently, I was and didn't have it. <laughs> Is there anyone? See, it's on my face. I see you rubbing your hands. Come on. Y'all just brace yourself for it. See, we always have to brace ourselves. Um, anyway, what I want to share with everyone, when God show you something, deal with it then. Because a long time, well, about two years ago, a hurricane came and it did some damage to the door that I go in. I saw the crack in the door. I walked by the crack, didn't pay the crack. I'll get it fixed sometime, but I'll fix it sometime. Well, what, about two or three weeks ago, I had a visitor in my house because of that crack. But what God showed me was you walked right by the crack. You saw the crack. You didn't do anything with the crack. But when, you, when the enemy came in and a snake came in, in my bedroom, in my bathroom, so he had to come by my bed while I was in there snoring and was in my bathroom. But the Holy Spirit woke me up because he knocked something down. And I actually got up and looked for what he knocked down. I'm looking. I don't see anything. But when I went in the den you know, to take care of some stuff. I had an urge, and I said, well, I won't go there. I'll go back here. And there he was. And when I looked around, I said, I called him a name. I didn't curse, but I called him a name. I didn't curse. And I said, you in my house. 
You, you're in my house. But it was my fault that he was in my house because God showed me that crack. But I, he showed it to me, but I had to deal with it. Even with the snake, he showed me the snake. I could have ran out the house screaming, you know, ah, there's a snake in my house. Who am I going to tell a snake in my house? The dog? So, but he, he, he showed me the sin, but I had to deal with the sin. I had to kill him. You know, that was in my house, so I had to deal with it. But what I looked at in the spirit was this. If I would have closed up that crack a long time ago, he wouldn't have came in my house. If we don't close up these cracks, the enemy can come in. Because he'll get a toehold, then a foothold, then it'll become a stronghold. So it don't matter whether you an apostle to a bathroom cleaner. If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. Amen. I would say, um, I think this right here was yesterday, but I don't know whether well, everybody in here got kids, but the younger generation, for some reason nowadays, I'm not you, but the majority of everybody do, um, don't like to tell, say when they get a certain age, like my daughter's age, they feel like they're grown and they don't want to tell you where they're going. Like if you ask them, well, where are you going at? You know, they like, well, why you ask me? You know, like, because they think they grown. But really, we ask them for their safety. So when I ask them that, and when she gives me that attitude back, it just makes me angry. And she does it unaware that it's making me angry. So I asked her that yesterday morning. She said, Mom, I'm getting ready to go. And I say, well, where are you going? And she gave me that look kind of and I was like what is it going on with this generation just tell me like we asking you where you're going for your for your safety that if something if the cops something happened the cops said I'm going on for real but um and then she was like mama why are you talking like that I, I I'm not talking no certain way I just y'all already know I raised my voice when I talk just justifying why I'm raising my voice but really I was raising my voice because I was angry and so after all of that, and she said she was going over to the girl house and she left or whatever. And when I went back to sit down to the desk and the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit checked me on the way that I, my tone, the way that I was asking her the question, the way that I was responding to her. And, you know, it was something that I needed to work on. So this morning, um, cause the Holy Spirit had told me to go back and I, you know, apologize to her. I didn't really say apology, but I did say, Monet, you know what? I do need to work on <laughs> work on the way that I say stuff. Like, I, I'm going to try to work on my voice. And she was like, and Mama, I'm going to work on the way I say things too. The things that we share, it helps someone else to let them know you're not in this alone. We're helpers of one another. Giving honor to God. 
last week we had church service, and um, I, you know, I, I came up and I spoke, and when we walked outside, you know, I was, hey everybody, you know, just speaking to everybody, and all of a sudden this certain person <laughs> um, just looked at me, and said, you know, I hated you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But before, before they got to that part, let me get to this part. She said, you know, I was never down here, but I didn't get to know you real good. But you know I hated you. And I was like, that don't work if you, if you don't know me and you wasn't down here. Well, the point was that um, a certain person had animosity against me and was bitter against me because of some of my kinfolks. And just because I was kin to them, just like Pastor said, animosity can cause you to hate somebody that don't even have nothing to do with it. it just because you're in the room or you around, you kin to them. And, I, you know, she just went on and on. And, and I just looked at her and I said, you know, to myself, I was like, God, I noticed you testing me. <laughs> and, uh, and at the time, she, she just blew me out. I mean, in, in probably... 15 to 20 seconds, she just blew me out, wouldn't let me speak. And then she said, but I forgive you. <laughs> like that. And so, you know what? Um, you know, God showed me uh, it's nothing to be said. You know, um, it's a personal journey. That's what God showed me. I ain't Amen. worried about her, but I'm talking about you. How do you handle this? Amen. And, and you know, you know, you didn't do nothing. To, to this lady, but the first, the first thing she said, remember, I didn't get to know you because I was in uh, another state, but I hated you. And so at the end of the day, God showed me um, that it's how you handle the situation. You know better. You do better. Amen. And I just want to see what you're going to, as Brother Manny said, come down off the cross. <laughs> And meet them where they at, and I thank God for for that situation because, um, you know, the whole week God has been showing me, and and as I read, you know, uh, James four is talking about that we are, you know, we are a bride to Christ, and we can't act like the world. That's right. And and so that right there just showed me, hey God, you know, uh, I didn't cheat. <laughs> I stayed close to you. So Amen. I just That's thank right. God for That's that. right. Is there anyone else before we close? Last chance. I see you coming up. Come on, Jane. I'm seeing uh, Sonya Branch back there. She was almost up. She was almost up, y'all. Phew. <clears throat> um, I guess it's been about a week ago. <clears throat> um, Kim, she lost her ear pods. And it was showing up. I think Apostle told her to look like search on your phone and it was saying that they were at um wilmington christian academy so kim had called me on the way home from work but before i get too far let me say this um i was talking to one of my brothers in christ a while back and i was asking like how do you you know handle certain things and one thing that stuck out with me is you know as each of us as individuals when things come up and we get in daily routines, we can't have expectations like how a certain thing is going to go like mm -hmm. day in and day out. Like I feel you, Brother James and Apostle, like 
with spouses, I mean, you, you never know what can come up, and you have to bend, you know, go on another path, I mean, if you have to. So we can't always have, like, you know, I have a certain routine in a day, and I want to I stick to that routine. I don't want nothing to, you know, get in my way, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Kim had called me, and um, I was, you know, I was okay with it. Um, I went to, you know, search for the AirPods, and I got there, and I looked all around. I couldn't find them, and um, I called her back. You know, I was like, I can't find the AirPods, and she's like, well, um, can you do me a favor? And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I already had my, I knew what I, this was not on my agenda. <laughs> so she said, can you go buy um, uh, so-and-so and get me some products, Market Street? I was like, Kim, I just went by there. I mean, literally, Brother James, I drove right by the building. <laughs> it was for me where I'm standing to that window. I was that close, so I had to backtrack. But when she was telling me, I was, this is my response. I was like, oh, I mean, she heard me say this. So she's like, Jamie, be careful. I have you on speakerphone. I'm like, oh, my Lord. So Sister Shirley, if you're listening, I apologize for my behavior. Sister Kim, I apologize back there. <laughs> And um, Kimala, I apologize to you for the way I responded, but I mean that that was real. I mean I didn't. That's real. It's real now. I did not. I did not want to go, but I did. And I was on the way there. I was like, Lord, and it's so embarrassing. I mean, I'm like, and, and, and take this, spouses. Don't put your husband or wife on speakerphone because you never, you never know what's gonna. Because I mean, they, Sister Shirley, she was laughing. She was like, Jamie's funny. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> I was trying to, man, I, I felt like hitting a brick wall just because, I, I mean, I was literally like, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I did it. And, um, but it's just, it, it's just funny how you can, you know, us, when we're in our flesh, we can let little stuff like that just, just Amen. come out. That's right. And it's like, you, I mean, it humbles you because you're like, that's that's not how I want to act. Or mm -hmm. I mean, how, sis, I mean, what what did they think of me when they heard me like that? But I mean, you're him, Jamie. You're human. Exactly. But you apologize, so you can move on, Moving brother. On. Just move on, brother. Next. Just give up the mic now, brother. Give it up. Move on. Look at God, y'all. This is so good because we all do things. We do. Yeah. You feel like folks will get over it or you'll get over it and you don't. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to talk about bitterness, bitterness, like rottenness to the bones. And bitterness, when it says that it's somewhere in Proverbs that it says that I don't know where, but uh, in the bones is where the red blood mm -hmm. marrow is, the red blood marrow is made and stored in. Mm -hmm. That's where the red blood cells are released for physical life as, where as, as well as spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Because when that bitterness comes into that bone and causes that cancer, mm -hmm. all the physical, all the mental, all the spiritual, all that shuts off. Mm -hmm. So in the process of losing my mom this year in January, that scripture, Ephesians 4, mm -hmm. a coworker of mine gave me that scripture. And 
the day she gave it to me, I was supposed to be able to see my mom, and I didn't get to see her. But I left the hospital, I was shouting because that scripture was giving me so much relief. Letting go of the bitterness, letting go of the anger, letting go of all that. It was just, it's just so much. It's a lot of stuff in there. And we got a lot of stuff, a lot of history with our family where bitterness mm-hmm. and animosity, anger, hatred, all that stuff is in there. And mm-hmm. you just let it build up. And you just live, go through life, and you just let it build up and just let it be there. And you're supposed to just take stuff. And Sonya, throughout the years, I've always been like a rug. I just let them do whatever. And I just, okay, yeah, okay, okay. And it wasn't okay. Well, Sonya, since then, has grown. And throughout uh-huh. the years, I've grown. And even since my mom passed and having so much peace when she passed, I've learned to say no. And it's not out of bitterness. It's out of love. Uh-huh. And a lot of things that I didn't say during that time, I am growing to say and deal with because that bitterness and that it's another scripture that you you went over i I can't think of it right now but all of that that's sonya in there that's all of that is for me all is that all of that is for my growth amen that scripture is um proverbs 14 30 and it says a calm and peaceful and tranquil heart is life and health to the body but passion and envy are like rottenness to the bone. Yep, it's there. It's powerful. It is. I give God glory, y'all, for what we're learning even through one another. And it helps us to say, I got to let go of this. If you let go of it, it will let go of you. But you got to be willing to let go of it. And I'm telling y'all, in marriage, stuff can build up if you don't let go of it. And you don't want to deal with it no more. So we're going to continue next Tuesday if it's the Lord's will. And we're going to get some more that's going to attach to what I just went over. Because it keeps going down the line. Amen. Okay, can you close us out, Gloria Burgess?